Hey, this is Shelly Zan, and this is the Impact Over Influence podcast. I hope that you receive whatever it is that God has for you today. Welcome back to our second week of Abide. I'm excited that you're here. And if you haven't listened to week number one, I really suggest you go back because this is going to be a seven-week series, and I don't want you missing one single part. One thing that we kind of went over as a start of Abide is the word Abide means to remain, to continue. And so today we're going to talk about what that attachment to Jesus Christ means what it looks like, and the main thing that's going to come from it. So if any of you don't know, maybe you're new here, maybe you don't know me personally, but I have two kids. I have two babies, an eight-year-old little boy and a four-year-old little girl. And even though I do get glimpses of seeing them cuddle on the couch and get along and share toys and laugh and giggle and all the things, this summer has been extremely full of arguments right? Just bickering siblings. I'm an only child, so I didn't really grow up like that. But that's the season that we're in now. And most of the time, anything that they bicker over or fight over, get annoyed with each other over, frustration appears is all because one thinks they're missing out on something. One wants to be the first one to get the shower, or one wants the last cookie, or whatever it might be. It's I can't do what she's doing, or she's not can't do what I'm doing. So I have been just praying peace, not only over my home and over my kids, but just trying to encourage them to just love, love one another. Throughout scripture, y'all, it says over and over and over, love one another. Like this is a command from Jesus. This is a command from God because we all belong to him. And so as I'm seeing this in my home and we are praying through it, loving through it, doing our best through it. It's just a reality. It's something that has to be learned to just get along and to be passive and to show grace about certain things. And so as I'm observing this with my own kids, I got to thinking, does God see this in his kids? Does God sit from a platform and look down on us and just think, oh, if you could just get along with one another, if you could just love one another, you are siblings, you come from the same bloodline, and that is the blood from me through Jesus Christ, that was shed for you. You are one family. You are one body of believers. Can you just get along? Because at the end of the day, you're not missing out on anything that the other one's having. And so I want us to start there. I want us to start with love because there's, to me, and we're going to go over scriptures that I think back this up, there's no way to truly have love unless you have God. So I want to start there. We um, I also mentioned last week, guys, this is going to be a lot of pertaining to John chapter 15 and how it correlates with the with the other first and second and third book of John that he wrote right before he wrote Revelation. And so we're going to be back and forth from there today, but I'm going to be mainly in 1 John chapter 4. So I want to start with a verse real quick there. It's going to be 416. It says, blunt as it gets. And so we know and rely on the love of God. That he has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in God and God in them lives in love. Boom. That That's what that means. God is love. When we remain in him, we remain in his love. And I love too that it says the word rely. Y'all, that means the attachment. That's the connection. That's what the abiding. So today's name is abiding for love. We were made for love, and we were made from love. And all of today's verses are going to tell us that. What is Who's trying to rob this from us? Satan's job, we know by John 10.10, 10, is to steal, kill, and destroy. And so to me, 
God, he's either going to oppose the love of God, try to mock the love of God, try to counterfeit and dispute the love of God, defeat the love of God. So whenever he can get in the way and put a wedge in how we are attached to the love of God, he knows then that love from God can't come through us. Stay with me here, okay? So if he can't put a kink in that hose, in that conduit that's being able to be things done through us, he wants to oppose us. And what I see so many people do is they get so caught up in opposing the devil that they quit worshiping Christ. You fight the devil by worshiping Christ, by abiding in him. Why? Because he is the vine and we are the branches. We're going to go back to that in a little bit, but because that's where all of this starts and that connection to Jesus, that's what, that's what we're getting here. That's one of the benefits, and it's one of the necessities. We need love. Y'all, our, our world has been short of love since the very beginning. It's been short of what we think we need from the very beginning. And so I just pray that through this, my whole prayer for this entire episode was that we could, through Jesus, knock down the walls that hinder us from not only loving our brothers and sisters in Christ, but loving the lost. To know why we need more of that. We see the need, but are we meeting the need? Because without the love and the action that is love, without us operating in that, seeking that, praying for ways to be able to do that, we're not really worshiping God. We're not really abiding in Christ. That is his goal. We know that Jesus triumphed over Satan. So by keeping our focus on Jesus, we are defeating Satan in the process. I do think that God gives us callings to be able to see the demonic, not tolerate the demonic, speak against and rebuke the demonic, deliver from the demonic. But also, the name of Jesus is what's able to do that. The love of Christ for the people that are in bondage, that's what wins those wars. That's what is able to conquer every single one of those battles. And so, number one, to keep that focus is what I want us to try to do. Now, I'm going to flip over to John chapter 15. This is where we've been. This is where we're going to be. And then we're going to also read some verses in Luke. But John 15, I'm going to read 9 through 17. And we're going to kind of see how this correlates and goes back and forth. Stay with me here. It's going to kind of be a little bit repetitive. So if you're watching, you're going to see it on the screen. If you're listening, tune in, okay? Verse 9, as the Father has loved me, this is Jesus talking, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because servants do not know his master's business. But instead, I've called you friends for everything I have learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, but fruit with it will last so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command to love each other. Things I want to point out real quick in this. Only by abiding in Jesus and his love are we to be about our Father's business. Jesus says in these verses, I don't hold anything back from you. You're not my servants, even though we know that Jesus is to be our master. He is to be our Lord. But he gives us a sense of inclusion, y'all. He's like, look, I call you friends because there's nothing that I have from the Father that I'm not going to give you. 
all the love that God has, we read in those first verses that God is love. All the love that the Father has, He gives us through Jesus Christ by abiding in Him. Do you understand how powerful that is? So all the days that you think, I can't get over something, I can't forget about something, I can't, I can't. When you abide in Christ, you have the love from the Father available to you. And then he says right there, so that anything you might ask in my name, you might get from the Father. Why? Because I want you to bear much fruit. In Galatians, we know, if you don't know, Galatians 6 tells us of the fruits, the fruits of the Spirit. Abiding in Christ, we get the Holy Spirit. The first fruit is love. That's the first fruit. So if he wants us to bear in anything, in quantity and in quality, don't you think it would be love? Love is what is victorious over everything. We learned that last week. And so I just want to keep reiterating these things so that we can hide them in our hearts. Another thing I want to say about these verses is that he says, to remain in my love, you will keep my commands. The commands of God are not burdensome. They are not hard. They, they should not defeat us because by abiding in him, we have the capability to be able to do so. So if he's given us the command to love, he's also not going to leave us abandoned on ways to be able to do that. He's going to sustain us, give ideas of what that even looks like. Sometimes I don't even think we understand how to love each other. Maybe we want to love others like we want to be loved. But what do they need? The Holy Spirit knows their needs. He knows what's in their heart. He knows what's holding them back. So through him, we're able to do these things. I truly believe, y'all, that whatever we need in this world, love is the answer. But I don't mean the, the counterfeit love that the enemy tries to speak. I mean true love, godly love, the love of Jesus Christ. Because love is selfless. It is the answer for others to be delivered from strongholds. Love performs what we need in our thoughts and action because love does Love is active. It's not just a one-time get and everything's fine. It is constant. And the love that Jesus, that God gives us through Jesus is constant. That's why he doesn't just say, abide in me for a short time. He's like, no, abide in me constantly. This is an attachment that you never want to forfeit. Going back to the whatever we need, love is the answer. I want to read you this. We don't have to focus on forgiving someone as long as we focus on loving someone. Love does forgive. We don't have to focus on being generous to someone because love does give. We don't have to focus on being honest with someone because love is truthful. What is something you can name that is needed in your life towards someone else that love will produce? This is part of why we need to implement this. The minute that we quit doing Bible study to be able to implement the Word of God, I feel like we've messed up because it's meant to do something in us so that it can do something through us. I don't want us to just know these things. I want us to live these things so that they're active in our life. I name those three because that's what I feel like pertains to me right now. You know, how can I give not just money, but more of my time? If I focus on loving somebody, that's what's being done in the process. Depending on God means depending on love. I think that we, we seek God and we go to God for these things. We're like, Lord, I need you in this. I'm on my knees begging you on, for this situation on behalf of this person. But what if we just said, God, I want to depend on your love. I know you're going to give me anything I need, not just to fulfill me, but to give me an excess so that it will, it will run over 
God, give me your love. We always have to depend on God to give us what we need. But do we ask for it? I pray that our prayers will start changing so that we'll ask for these things. You have not because you ask not. Let's start asking for more love because the world will always need more of it. Another thing that I believe, my kind of commentary on these verses, is that love can't be totally done away with in any person. I don't care how bad they are, how awful they are, how eat up with demons they are, what kind of crimes they have committed. And I want you to listen. I want you to listen to me on this because I know that there's a lot of us that feel like we can't possibly see love in some person. It might be an ex. It might be an old boss. It might be, I don't even know who, but you know who you have that person in your mind right now. And so I want us to think about this real quick. Because the whole reason why I feel like love can't be totally destroyed completely in people, it can only be covered up. It can only be pushed down. It can only be sliced or cut away with, but it can't be totally done. Why? Because in Genesis 127, it says that all men are made in the image of God. And if God is loved by those very first verses that we learned in 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, you tell me then how that can be totally done away with. To know that every single person at the time of conception, the born and the unborn, are created in one image, and that is love. That's why redemption for all is possible. All the people who commit murder, steal, kill, whatever the enemy's trying to do through them, they are still made in the image of the one that is solid in the love department. So I just pray that we start praying for our world to be made whole, to, to know their creator, to be reconciled with him, because that is the answer. If God is love and love is God, if we could pray, you know what, Lord, let you abound so much within us and in all the things that you've created, that we be actually able to do what you created us for, that we be able to keep your commands. So what are things in our lives that we allow to cover up the love inside of us? If we thought of that person, if we thought, thought of what they've done or who they are, right, and how so much is covered up in them, what about us? What areas of our life does God need to peel apart to be able to uncover the love that he knows abides in us? Maybe it's bitterness, hurt. For a lot of us, it can be jealousy, you know, like I was talking about my kids earlier, like constantly thinking somebody else has something that you want or you think you need. God gives everything that we need. He gives us grace. He gives us gifts. He gives us opportunities. How we utilize them is up to us. But you're not missing out on anything for what God's calling you to do. Maybe it's fear that's got you covered up. Maybe you're scared to really love. If that's not from the enemy, I don't know what is. I pray today as we go through these verses and we continue in this episode that God reveals to you what that looks like for you because there's an amount of desperation that's required to actually receive God's love. You have to want it. To surrender to God's will and to surrender to God's plan, you have to want Him, which means you have to want love. You have to understand that you have to accept that as the gift that Romans 6 talks about. We have to say, okay, I know that this is available. I do need this. I'm desperately wanting someone, some being to love me. Because by accepting that he has covered your multitude of sins, 
you understand that he did that because of love. Because of the love he had for you, he did what he did on the cross. But surrender is what it's take to be able to accept that, to say, you know what? I am lovable. And the reason why I want to keep your commands is because I love you in return. That's the relationship of abiding in Christ. Surrender is the beginning of life with Christ and abiding to him, saying that you want it, saying that you need it, saying that being attached to something bigger than yourself is what you need in your life because you can't do it on your own. You can't love people enough on your own. You can't accomplish and fulfill your destiny on your own. You surrender because you want the helper. You want Jesus and his spirit. I think that we also, it's the reason why I want us to all know the word and this, that's why every single episode is going to be filled with verses. This entire season is going to be filled with verses. But that connection to Christ, abiding in him needs to be you through his word, hearing his voice for yourself. Knowing his truth for yourself. I love pastors. I love podcasts. I love my friends that are believers. I love books. I read a ton of books. But only the living word of God is my attachment to Christ. All those other things, they're, they're tools and they're amazing. But my pastor can't abide in Christ for me. This podcast can't abide in Christ for you. Knowing these verses and what they mean and listen to the Holy Spirit speak them through you, that's your attachment to Christ. Otherwise, you're going to be attached to a person or to a thing, and that cannot sustain you. Why? Because that, no matter what, is flesh, and it can disappoint you, but God's love will never disappoint you. He is the sustainer and the only one that's capable of doing that. And so as we learn to abide in Christ, I hope that you realize more than anything else that it is only between you and him. It's personal. It's intimate. It's specific, and that's why it's important to do with him. We're going to flip back now to 1 John chapter 4. We read 4.16, but now we're going to go through quite a bit of verses. I'm actually going to go through 18, but we're going to really pick this apart. We're going to start in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. And these verses are absolutely incredible. When it talks about love in the Bible, most of you that know anything about Scripture, you're going to go to 1 John. Because it's all that he talks about. Okay, he starts off by this. We're going to just read one through six real quick. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. We see this going rampant right now in our world, and our country, through social media, false love, fake love. He talks about testing the spirits right now, but because we're talking about love, I just want for us to key in on that right now. But this pertains to everything. We're going to learn a lot more about that next week when we talk about truth, abiding in God for truth. But right now, let's think about love. We see some very, very, very distorted things that say they're love right now in our world that are not love. Love yourself. Here's the deal. Love one another because loving yourself comes from the fulfillment of being who you are for other people. But you also can't love other people until you love yourself. But you can't love yourself till you love God and accept his love for you. We can't get those out of order. But anyway, back to testing the spirits. Know if it's real or if it's false. Verse 2, this is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. 
but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is even now already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one that is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. So we, before we even get to the verses of God's love, I wanted to open up this first. Because we, until we understand what is God and what isn't God, we don't know what truth to believe. And these verses right here say nothing short of anyone who does not say Jesus Christ is the Son of God is not from God the Father. That's not the God that we serve. People can say God, God, God all day long, but until you acknowledge Jesus Christ as the Son, that does not acknowledge God. Why? Because they are one through the Trinity. That right there at the very end, recognize the spirit of truth or the spirit of falsehood. The spirit of falsehood is the devil. And the devil has always tried to mock and to counterfeit God. Right now, we live in a time where a rainbow represents pride. When actually, if you know the truth of God's word, God hates pride. It's one of the deadly sins. God sent a rainbow for a promise, not pride, but a promise that he would never flood the earth. Why? Because he loves humanity. He's like, I will never wipe you out through water again. You see what I'm saying? That's the love of God. Not what the world tells us it is. So anything that comes from the world, we are not in the world, but the one that is in us has already overcome the world. And that's Jesus. So knowing that, knowing what true love is, I pray that's a note that we can all seek to actually know, not just know in our minds, but to live out through our hearts. Okay, I'm going to go now to verse 7 through 12. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love God does not know God. Whoever does not love God does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. That's the abiding. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and has sent his son to atone a sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. See, God gives us the essentials to be able to live out these actions. If you know me, you know love. If you know love, you can give love. That's the order that it goes. I also love right here that he says, there's no way that we can love God without him. We can love others without him. So anyone who says that they love you, but they do not know God, I don't believe that they truly can based off of those verses. I think about marriages. I think about how so many people, they start off in a covenant, but that one knows God and one doesn't God. And that's the hard part of the unevenly yoke part because they're not capable of loving you until they have God. Until they have Jesus Christ living within them, they're not capable of loving you like he does. And all of us are made with a, a need and a hole inside of us to need that nourishment from God the Father. We are made in, made in his image and in his likeness. Therefore, we need him. We need that connection. 
And so when we are married to a spouse that does not have him, we're missing something from them that they're just not able, capable of giving us. Pray for them. If that's you, I pray over your marriage. And it's heartbreaking to know that that's the fault of so, so many things is because the enemy keeps that and he divides the household because of that. And God never had that intention. Second thing I want to point out is no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Another reason why I think a lot of people push away love is because they've seen or been involved in a distorted kind of love. They've been around people or situations that were supposed to be loving, but they weren't. And the enemy has now polluted them and who God is and can be for them because they have a false realization of what love is supposed to look like, what it's supposed to be. Therefore, if this is love, I don't want it. Therefore, if this is God, well, then I don't want it. That's the enemy mocking and counterfeiting what is true. So only by opening up and surrendering and saying, you know what, God, I want to know who you are. I want to know your faithfulness. I want to know your love. I want to trust you. He will not let you down. But if you have that callous around your heart because of what's been done to you that was wrong, I pray that that soften and that you can relinquish it to say, you know what? I want what is real. I don't want what is false anymore. I want to know who you are. And I guarantee you he will show up because he has been waiting for you to ask that of him. But to know that God lives in us and we can make it complete, us as believers, our role in that is when we do see or know a person, a lot of these people that have love covered up on the inside of them, God wants to use us to love on them genuinely him loving on them through us. Why? So that it's made complete. Not only are we made complete by him loving in this way through us, but other people that are receiving the love of God through us are made complete. That's how they get to know him. But God's spirit dwells within us. Therefore, if we're not loving as believers, you think people are going to see who God really is? If we have love, we have absolutely nothing. And there's going to be a time that I feel like coming very soon, that we're not even going to need everything else that God gives us. And I'm going to read those verses in 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 talks all about love. But there's a part here that I think a lot of people um, miss, or maybe it's just because I did, that I want to read real quick. In 8, it says, Love never fails, but where there are prop- prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. And where there's knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. I want to go to verse 12 now. I'm going to jump down. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, and then we shall see face to face. For I know in part, and then I shall be fully, even as I am fully known. What Paul's talking about right here is right now we need prophecies. We need words of knowledge. They do speak in tongues. We need these things. Why? Because that's God communicating through to us through the Spirit. But there's going to come a time where there's none of that's going to be here. Only love will. Why? Because the day that we become complete is the day that we are in heaven. There's going to be no, no need for tongues in heaven. There's going to be no need for prophecies in heaven. There's going to be no need for words of knowledge in heaven. All that's going to be there is love. Why? Because that's who God is. 
When we get to heaven and we are amongst his spirit and we are dwelling right there alongside him, all that's there is love. All these other things are going to go away. We need them right now on earth. We should seek them. We should hear them. We should abide in them. But the thing is, the day's coming where all we're going to have is love. So the fact that we need to access that as, as much as we can to the fullest, it's a necessity. Because that's who God is. The more love we have in us, the more God we have in us. Whether you have children or not, you're still a child. You're a child of God. You have a caretaker. His name is God. You're able to know him based off of his son, and that is Jesus Christ. I pray that you've had Jesus Christ in your heart. I pray that you know who he is. I pray that you've been adopted into the family of God. Ephesians 1, 4 through 5 talks about how we can have this. It says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Before God even said, Let there be light, he chose us. To be holy and blameless in his sight, in love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Before anything, in love, he said, You, I want you. You, I created you. I created you for love and I created you with my love. I even put a part of it in there for you. Hoping that it would grow. Hoping that as we seek him and we abide him, his love will grow inside of us. There's no way not to. Through Jesus, our spirits are born to be with God. We're born through people. But when we ask Jesus to our heart, that's when our spirit is born to be in communion with God. So I want to conclude with these last scriptures, and then we're going to read a few verses in Luke. But I'm going to go back now to 1 John 4. If you're flopping around with me, praise you for that. We've been in one chapter, but I know we were kind of picking it apart. But I'm going to read verses 19 to 21. This is something that I try to speak over my kids this entire summer. But when it comes to the body of Christ, we've been talking about our love for nonbelievers how they might have refused the love of God. But now I'm going to talk about the love amongst believers. 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. That's something that I hope my kids recognize, but the more that I speak it over them, I ask myself, do I? Do I really love my brothers and sisters in Christ, or do I pick their lives apart? Do I hold against them how they offend me? Do I hold against them how they don't even listen to this podcast? <laughs> how, I, how do I hold against them different things amongst our life? Or maybe I disappoint them. Am I even aware of it? Am I even aware of the way that I'm lacking on loving and loving on them? Love overcomes so much. But those verses, if we can't love our brother and sister who we do see, we see them at church. We see them amongst our friend groups. We see them in our communities. If we can't even love what we do see, how do we love the one that we don't see? Think about that. So what is the reason that we love? Love covers sins. Love drives out fear. Love is a command that God has given us. 
and that love is how God is made complete in us. It's how we do the thing right. Love can be hard. Even the people that you love the most, sometimes, y'all, they're going to disappoint you. They're going to fall short. They're going to have a bad day. They're going to say something they don't mean. And you do, too. You do, too. But whenever we allow love to come in, I pray that all of you, your kind of assignment, if you want any kind of homework, if you're a dig deeper kind of person, go read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Know what stuff that God says love really is. Not only so that then you're going to know what love isn't, you'll know what it is. You're going to understand, oh, that that's what that's supposed to look like for me. That's how I do the thing right. But not only that, that's what God is doing for you. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't hold any records of wrong. You see what I'm saying? All those things, if you can read those and say, you know what? This is what God's doing for me. Through his spirit, I'm capable of doing this for other people. Let go of those chains that are keeping you down because it's not from God. He wants you to be rid of that so that he can make his love inside of you more accessible. It can be stronger. It can be deeper. It can be more genuine. But only by getting away the things that are not of him is that possible. I want to end real quick by reading Luke chapter 6. I'm going to read four verses here. I'm going to read 6, 32 through 36. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? This is in red. This is Jesus talking. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those whom you accept repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. So when it comes to love, maybe you feel like, you know what? I love, I'm a loving person. Everyone that knows me knows I love them. I'm just love, love, love. Cool. But do you love the ones that have done you wrong? Do you give the ones that will never repay you back? Do you give truth to people who lie to you? Think about that. Because that's what Jesus is talking about right there. That's great. He, he's proud of that. But let's think about how we can love the ones that are harder to love. No one is unlovable, but different people are harder to love because we have, we have transgressions that have been done against us. That's hurt. That's where the bitterness sets in. But to say, you know what? Like, I'm not even going to keep a record of yesterday. I'm not even going to do that. I'm going to do what this tells me. I'm going to do good to people who do not do good to me. I pray that God has spoke to you through this. I pray that you understand why. <laughs> I mean, I think every single one of us can raise our hand and say, okay, yeah, I cannot do that on my own. There's no possible way. But I do want to accept the love that I know God has given me through his son. I want to abide in Christ and be so attached to him through his vine, me as the branch, that the fruit of love is just massive. And it is just consumed by every single person around me. Love is not tolerant. Love is patient. There's two different things. Jesus says, don't tolerate, but be patient. Knowing these differences, knowing what he wants for us, knowing his truth, 
And one last thing before I tell you goodbye. This week, I said last week that we're going to try to memorize verses. I think there's power in that. I'm actually going to read the scriptures later on throughout this series on why we need to do that. Last week was how we abide in him because he is the vine, we are the branch. That verse, John 15, 1. But this week, we're going to have this 1 John 4, 16. It's the verse that we opened with. I pray that we memorize it. Why? So that we can speak it. Speaking God's word is so powerful. When you speak God's word, you are speaking the most powerful thing that has ever possibly been accessible to you. When Jesus, when God spoke in the beginning, things happen. Light became on earth. When you speak God's word, it holds so much power. So let's memorize this one. 1 John 4, 16. And so we know and rely on the love of God that he has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in God and God in them. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening and I encourage you that you can have a relationship with the one that created you. So spread Jesus.